Lord is going to do something powerful in us today. Can you believe that with me? In order to multiply effectively, we must be willing to freely give. We must be willing to freely give. I was reading in Matthew this week. If you'll turn there, Matthew uh, 10. Do you ever read uh, God's word and you just, it's almost like the words just jump off the page at you. They just resound in your spirit. Have you ever read the Bible and just had something like that? And, and so that's exactly how this verse was. I was just stuck there for a little while and the Lord just began to speak to me about this. Matthew Chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. Okay, so let me give you a little background here. This is, Jesus is sending out his, his 12 disciples. He's called them together. He gives them authority over evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease. And then he says, he's giving them instructions to go do this. I'm sending you out. You're going to go, you're going to go use this authority and, and do the stuff. Okay, so in verse 7, he says, Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Or I like it better in some translations that says, Freely you have received, freely give. And... When I read this, it it, it was just stirring in me. And the Lord brought me back to a picture that he gave me uh, probably over a year ago. And uh, it was, I was in a a time of worship and I felt like the Lord showed me this picture. And I was holding this beautiful present and I was just grasping onto it like this. And I knew it was something from him. I knew it was like a revelation or, or, you know, just something from the Lord. And I was just holding onto it. And I felt like the Lord in my, in it just when I was seeing myself like that was saying, now, now open that box and give it, give it away. And I, and I was just like, no way, you know, like this is my gift. And like, you gave it to me. And, uh, and, and I don't, it's so precious to me. I don't want to lose it because it's, it's so precious. And, and again, I mean, I just, I just knew that I was not going to move on until I just opened the box. Have you ever had those moments with the Lord where he's telling you something you can argue with him all day long, but you know, uh, that until you do what he's saying, you're just not going to move on. And so I, I just remember feeling a little anxious about, about this thing, you know? And so I opened the box and there was all this beautiful treasure in there. And it began to float away to people. And I was kind of like, yep, that's why I didn't want to do that. (laughs) And as it floated away to other people, and I'm watching it, and it's gone, I looked down in my box, and there it was again. So the Lord said, you just keep that box open. And so things would float out. And every time I'd kind of be like, oh, that one's really pretty. You know, like I just, can I keep that one? But I'd look down and there it was again. Just a continual flow of the things that the Lord had given me. And I think that's that the Lord in that moment started me teaching something about his kingdom. See, in, in this world... 
when you give something, if you get it back, you're an Indian giver. I guess that's not PC anymore, is it? Sorry. I don't know what kids say at school now, but I'm pretty sure it's not that. You're a Native American giver. That's probably still not very kind, is it? Sorry. Okay, let's move on. Now I'm starting to preach like Pastor John. What's going on? Wow. Okay, but in the world, when you give something, you don't get it back. It's gone. But in the kingdom of God, when you release the things that he's given to you, they keep coming. It's a continual flow. It reminds me of, you know, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. You know that song? Makes lame to walk and the blind to see. Open. I can get to course. We can all do the motions. Have you ever noticed that the Lord never says like we have a lake inside of us? There's not a lake, a lake of God flowing out of us. Why? Because lakes don't flow. We don't have a swamp. There's something about this continually flowing in us. And as I think about a river, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a nerd. Um, sometimes like I, I really like, uh, I really like science and nature and things about those kind of things. And we were watching a documentary recently. It was talking about, I think it was on Mars or something, but this stood out to me. They, they were looking for life on Mars. Of course, I really like space. And, um, and so they were, they were checking out all these things with the rovers that they've sent up there. And um, they're looking at all of these stones on the surface of Mars. And they're saying there had to have been a river flowing here at one time because these stones are smooth and round. And the only way you get smooth, round stones is by water continually running over them. And shaping them and taking off the jagged edges. And that's kind of like, have you ever been to a riverbank and you, you pick up pebbles? And they're usually pretty smooth. It's because the river and the, the water, I mean, I could get into the science of it for you, but let's just say the, the water's moving over it and over time it's smoothing out these things. And I thought that's such a beautiful picture of the river of the Lord in us. That if we're allowing it to continually flow out of us, if we're receiving and giving and it's flowing, then all of those sharp and jagged things in our lives begin to smooth out as his water just goes over our character and over who we are. There should be a trace. There should be a sign that water has been flowing through you in your spirit. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, as I was reading this, I started, I, I got, I started thinking about this question. Are we being spiritual hoarders? Are we being spiritual hoarders? I don't know if you, you've seen a hoarder or if you've seen the TV show or if you are one. But hoarders, they... 
they, they're just covered up in stuff. They just have to have these things. And there's psychological things that go uh, with hoarding. But, but one of those things is, like, a lot of times hoarders are so attached to their things because they've had a lack of or because they're afraid that a need won't be met. And so if they have all this stuff, then therefore they can meet those needs. And it's just kind of like a, a mental thing. But in the spirit, I began to think about this. If we are not freely giving, are we spiritually hoarding the things that the Lord has given us? Are we so afraid of losing what we receive from the Lord that we aren't willing to give it away? And if we're hoarding in the spirit, then the Lord is not our source. By its very nature, hoarding shows us that our source is in the things that we have or get and not in the source of the giver. And we will not multiply effectively if we live with this mindset. Think about Pastor John's been talking about fruit. And in its very nature, it's designed to multiply. We have the fruit of the Spirit. And the Lord gives it to us. It nourishes us. But it's also meant to be given away. So think about this in in the context of hoarding. If we take all of our fruit, we consume it for ourselves, and then we we never disperse the seeds, there will never be any more fruit. You just get to live it up with the fruit that you get from the Lord, but you never see a reproduction of it because you're never giving it away. And hoarding is nasty and messy. And I believe that, that it will leak into that in, in the spirit realm too. There's, have you ever met a spiritual hoarder? They're the people, they have a lot of good stuff going on and they seem to be happy. They've received from the Lord, but they're never mindful of other people. They're never giving anything away. They're just, it's just like they come and they bask in the Lord and they have all this wonderful stuff, but there's never an impartation of what the Lord is doing in them to other people. We will not multiply effectively if we do not learn to freely give what we have received. That's just part of the kingdom. Let's look at uh, what freely giving looks like. This is a a really neat story. Turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, 1 through 11. Now, in- interestingly enough, I just have to share this with you because I saw this. Um, Acts chapter 2 is where the Holy Spirit comes down and blows up the church. Okay, Pastor John's been talking about multiplication in the parable of the sower. It says it will give yield 30, 60, 100 fold. I just have to wonder... If the disciples recalled that when the Holy Spirit came down, you know why? Because they were meeting together, about 120 in that room. At the end of the day, they had added almost 3,000 to that number. That's at least 25 times. You imagine the administrative nightmare of that? You went from a church of 120 to a church of 3,120. All in the afternoon. Wow. That's multiplication if I've ever seen it. Okay, so this story is immediately following that. 
Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth being carried, a man that was lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up, he stood on his feet, and he began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. And they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Freely you have received, freely give. Wow. The other thing that we have to, in order to multiply effectively, we, we must have eyes to see. Now, I want to think, I want you to think about Peter and John for a second. They're on their way to the church building for a prayer service. It would have been really easy to just keep walking. It would have been really easy to ignore this guy because they did not have what he was asking for. But they did have what he needed. And it says they looked at him intently. And I know, I, I think that that's in the scripture. They saw something there. And they released healing. You know, that man was at that gate all the time. How many people have walked by this man? He's outside of the church building. How many people had seen him so many times that they didn't see him anymore? Do you get what I'm saying? How many people just kept walking by him? They didn't even see him anymore because it was so common for him to be there. In order to multiply ourselves, we must have eyes to see. And sometimes that's eyes to see the ones that no one else can see. It's not that they don't see them with their eyes, but it's that sometimes we need to walk by. And if that person is begging us for money, sometimes it's silver and gold. Have I not? But what I do have, let me give you. It's eyes to see into people so that we know what they really need, because there's going to be people in these times that are asking for all kinds of things. 
Even, even good things from the Lord or whatever. And, and if we have eyes to see into their hearts, we will multiply what we are supposed to sow in there. We will, we will sow what needs to be sown. In order to multiply yourself, there are times when you will have to look below the surface. There are times when you must look beyond behavior. You will see what really needs to be sewn into a heart. And sometimes it's different than the request. We must have eyes to see. The other thing, in order to multiply effectively, we must learn to love. And this is the thing, that if we miss this, it doesn't even matter about the other two points. And, and this sounds really trite and simple. And Ashley, we all know, yes. But I believe that when we learn to love, it is the key that will propel us forward, not just in multiplication, but in the miraculous. And I'm not talking about, yeah, I love you and I'm going to pray for you. And I'll try to remember that. I said that this week. I'm talking about love, sacrificial, lay down your life for your brothers and sisters in Christ love. A love that like we don't really know. Some of you do. I want to read 1 Corinthians 13 for you. This is so powerful and I only ever hear it at weddings. (laughs) Even, you know what? If we could get this chapter at our weddings and really put it into our lives with just our spouse, wow. 1 Corinthians 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but I did not love others, I would only be a noising gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I did not love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I did not love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. No record of being wronged. I don't know about you, wives, that gets me. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices when the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Do you, do you hear what this is saying? This is, these, these verses, this is where we have to go as the people of God. 
Because it says we can have all the faith to move those mountains. But if we don't love others, it's nothing. Do you understand that this is going to help unlock the miraculous? You want to work in the power of God? Start loving people. Not just loving them with your words. Love them like this. Love them like Jesus did. It says we can go into our city. We can give to our community all day long. We can give everything we have to the poor. We can feed those who are hungry. We can help the homeless. But if we don't love others, it counts for nothing. We gain nothing. There's something about this. And it's something that the Lord is stirring in his people. And I believe we have to catch it. You know what? It's easier to have eyes to see when you're running over with love for people. It's easier. Love forgives a multitude of sin. That's a scripture in the Bible. It's easier to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. If, if I, because if I really love, then those little irritations don't matter quite so much. Those people that are a little bit different than us, that require a little bit harder love. It's really easy when you have this kind of love flowing out of you. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It keeps no record of wrong. So whenever you go to somebody or your spouse and you bring up the thing from 1957 that you've been holding on to, that's keeping a record of wrong. That's not love. You know, some of you are like me. You take those things, take them, you keep the record, you keep the record, you keep the record, then the record's full and... And that's really not love. I haven't done that in a long time. The Lord's healing me. But I want to learn to love like this. I want to look at people. I want to look at my brothers and sisters in Christ or the cashier at Walmart with kindness. Without being irritated. Love is not irritable. I mean, if you want to practice this, just go to Walmart. I don't know about you. There's nothing that gets me in a bad mood quicker than Walmart. So if you want to start testing this, if you believe the Lord's healing your heart and giving you the ability to love, just go and check it out at Walmart. That will be the true test of my love. We must learn to love we must learn to love love in the way that jesus says where we gladly lay down our lives where we will forego some of our own personal time in order to serve other people around us if we catch that the first part of first corinthians 13 Can you imagine what our lives would look like? 
Because we can be all wonderful in church. We can, we can be prophecy, you know, we can speak in prophecies. We can heal the sick. We can do all these things. But I'm, I'm seeing that that could be dangerous if I'm seeking all of those things above love. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, let love be your highest goal. And then it goes into all the spiritual gifts and speaking in tongues and all those things. But it says, let love be your highest goal. And so if I just walk around thinking, I want love to be my highest goal. You know what? I'm not worried. I think the Lord will match with all the healing and the moving of mountains and the prophecy and all of those things. But I, for me, I want to search out love. I want to love people in my life the way that Jesus has called me to love them. Um, the Lord has been taking me back past few weeks to um, an encounter that I had that was so powerful. A lot of you um, probably are familiar with it. It's um, the story when I met the Lord on the dock and his love just came crashing over me. It was, it was an experience that changed my life because I had never, uh, I, I don't know, I just had false perceptions of God's love and, I, and he just ruined me and he just showed me what his love was really like. It was like his love found me that day and I was forever changed. And I took that and I lived it out understanding I am loved I brought it back. We, we, I've, I've given that experience away. I don't doubt the way God loves any of you in this place. Because of that experience, I totally know his heart for other people. But while I've been spending my time with the Lord in the last few days, he's began to show me, Ashley, that, that encounter is deeper than you realize. And you have not let it touch every area of your life. So see if I can, can say this clearly. I live loved by the Lord. I totally understand his love for me and how loved I am. That just healed me. I look at you and I can see how much the Lord loves you and he's crazy about you. And I can share God's heart for you. You, you guys know me. This is one of my passion. So I will try not to get on the soapbox for very long, but do I love you with that love? So in other words, I've encountered God's love. I understand his love for me. I understand his love for you, but have I taken that love to love you? Does that make sense? I, I, I know that's kind of confusing, but it was like the Lord began to mess me up and say, no, there's something deeper in that, Ashley. It's not just, I, I mean, he wants us to understand that. When we understand the Father's love for us, it heals our heart. But to stay there, even to catch his heart for other people, that's awesome. But has his heart caught my heart? For you. Instead of it going this way and this way, that encounter is going to propel this way. Does that make sense?
that love encounter is deeper than I realized and I'm ready. I'm ready for it to affect that area of my life. I want to love like that. We went to a a church service while we were in Houston on Friday night and uh, the presence of the Lord was so strong. And I I just went went down to the floor and just was worshiping the Lord. And I saw this picture. It was like a like I w- I was in this bedroom and there was a suitcase lying open on the floor. And I felt like the Lord said, Ashley, it's time to pack this suitcase. Now, it got my attention because when I was at the women's retreat in the fall, somebody had come up and given me a word. Said, I see you packing a suitcase. Of course, then everybody's like, oh no, you're leaving. You're moving. No. But it got my attention because I saw the suitcase and then I was reminded of this word. And so I just looked at it and I was just kind of, I, I just didn't know what to put in the suitcase. Lord, help me out, you know. And I felt like there were, there were these things that had grown brittle that I was supposed to just kind of break off of myself and put in the suitcase. And I know exactly what they were. They were there from events that really hurt me. From a really hard season. And I felt like the Lord was saying, Ashley, I have walked you through every level and every layer of that thing. And it is done. So you shouldn't be wearing it anymore. And so I want you to pack this up and I want you to close this suitcase and slide it under the bed that's in front of you and learn to live without filtering everything through that hurt and that experience, even though I've received a lot of healing. And so I, it was like kind of a, an emotional time for me, but I, I was putting those things in the suitcase And, I, and the moment in the spirit when I, I mean, I, I was probably even doing that on the floor. People were probably like, what in the world is this girl doing? But sometimes you've got to do prophetic acts, right? And so I just closed that suitcase and I remember, I, I just cried. And I, I, I knew it was done. But have you ever had something that you've lived with for so long that you're a little afraid of what it's going to be like without that? Mm 
And I slid it under the bed and I got up. As, it, as if it never happened. Now that doesn't mean that you don't remember those things or whatever. It means that I'm living my life without filtering everything through that experience. My caution, my, uh, my fear, the pain, the, the thing that slides in and starts to try to make you a victim, skews your perspective. I packed it all away. And I, uh, I saw my crown laying over on the floor. And then it was time to get off the floor because the worship was over. So I was like, okay, well, we'll just leave it there. So then um, John's dad was speaking and he ended with this thought on the prodigal son and had a response time. And I, and I responded and this thing continued. But he shared about the prodigal son. Is everybody kind of familiar with this story? The son, there's a rich father. There's two sons. The son wants his inheritance. Now he goes, he's a party animal. He blows it all. And uh, then he's living with the pigs. Eating the pig food when he realizes the servants in my father's house get better treatment than this. So I'll just return and uh, see, see if I can work for him. And the, and the story may be familiar to you. He comes back and the father doesn't want him to be a slave. In fact, the father is waiting for him and runs to him and embraces him in his nasty state. Because I'm sure he's kind of smelly. And, you know, we, we think about that, the Father's embrace and all of those things and the love. And that's exactly how the Father is. Some of you need to, to be reminded just of that part, that, that God is in a good mood when he thinks about you. That he's smiling anytime you come into his presence. He's not frowning. He's not grumpy. He's in a good mood. He's excited to see you. But the thing that Tom pointed out was that he not only embraced him, but then he said, get him a robe and put on his ring. In other words, make him look like my son. This is my son. Now, now make him look like it. Put on the robe. Put on the ring and we're going to have a party. Clean him up. Dress him so that everybody knows. And for me, that was huge because it was right where I had left off. So w- during the response time, I went up to be prayed for and it was like, I totally understood what the Lord was doing in me. The crown on the floor was placed back on my head. I felt like there was something that was placed on my shoulders and a thing placed in my hand. And I was ready because I, now I look, I, I look like the princess in the kingdom of God that I am created to look like. But see, there had been so many things uh, in my life that, that I'd been focused on and 
you know, even unintentionally focused on that I'd forgotten that I, I walk in this, that this is who I am. It's not like I haven't been with the Lord or been in his presence or whatever. But for me, it was like a returning in some sense to say, I'm going to be who you created me to be. And doing everything through a filter is not that. And so this morning, I, I, I felt like I want us to respond because the Lord wants to do some things in our heart. Because if we're going to multiply effectively, then we have to have some things happen in us in order to do that. We have to be able to open our hands and allow those treasures to freely be given. We can't hoard it any longer. We have to be willing to freely give. We have to have eyes to see. And we must learn to love. We must. And in order to even do some of these things, you might need to come before the Lord and repent. You might need to come before Him just on your face and say, Lord, I haven't loved. But... I want to learn to do this. I'm not saying you could have a God encounter and walk out with first Corinthians 13 kind of love for everybody from now on that that's awesome. But there might be the first step of saying, I want to figure this out. And so I'm going to repent that I have just not loved people. I want to learn to do that. You might just need to come up and open your hands as a prophetic act to say, I am going to be a free giver. I am going to give freely. Now, you don't have to have these monumental, huge encounters and experiences with the Lord to be, to freely give. Have you given your heart to him? Have you received his salvation? Give it. Freely. Have you received healing? Give it. Pray for healing. Have you received a revelation of who God is? Give it freely. So some of you might need to respond by just simply opening your hands as an act that says, I will not be afraid of not having the things that you give me, but I'm going to recognize that there's a free flow. Some of you might need to pack up a suitcase also. You might need to to pack some things in that suitcase to never be seen again. And others of you might just need the Father's touch, His embrace, and the returning to who you're called to be. Some of you just need to be picked up, brushed off, have the ring on your hand and the robe around your shoulders, hearing God say, I'm so glad you're back.
And so we're going we're gonna to respond. I'm going to pray. And then, Dad, if you just want to throw s- some music. Oh, he's ready. And I'm just going to open the front because, you know, I know that there's not, we don't have to like make a big show out of things all the time. I'm not, I'm not into that. But sometimes when the Lord is moving our hearts, we must move our bodies in response to him. And so I'm just going to open this front part and say, man, if the Lord's messing with you, he could be telling you something totally different. He could be giving you your own download and you have no idea what I said the whole message. And that's good too. But he's here and he wants to encounter you. He wants to heal your heart. He wants to renew your mind. He wants to give you eyes to see. He wants to give you open hands and he wants you and me and all of us to learn to love. And so if you need to respond to him in any way, I want you to just come forward and allow him to minister to you. Do what you need to do. Father, you are so good. You are so good. And your love for us is so pure and so right and so amazing. You are so gentle with us and patient and faithful. All those those list of love qualities you are with us. Give us eyes to see what you're doing and ears to hear what you're saying. Lord, right now, I thank you for an impartation of your speaking voice into our spirits. Lord, thank you for surfacing what you want to heal this morning in us. That we may be more whole and more able to love the way you call us to when we leave this house. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Come and have your way. We surrender our hearts to you, our schedules, our ideas, our our lives. In Jesus' name.
so good. You can stay in here and soak a little longer, but you, you can be dismissed. Take what the Lord gave you today and multiply it into someone else. Freely give it. Post 1 Corinthians 13 in your home, on your forehead, whatever you need so that it's in the forefront of your mind. Huh, that would be on your hand. Sorry. I'm excited about where the Lord is taking us as a church. I'm excited about what he's doing in us. More, Lord, more. Amen? We'll be dismissed. If you want prayer, we'll still be around up here and try to keep this sort of prayerful in here. But be blessed. Go and love people.